You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson with NM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions in the comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah.gmail.com, and of course, I will answer as many as I can. So we are in this special period of time, these four days between Yom Kippur and the Sukkot holiday. Uh, we talked in the last show about Yom Kippur. After we've proclaimed God as king, that was Rosh Hashanah, and we've asked God for forgiveness, that's Yom Kippur. Now we're ready for this beautiful holiday called Sukkot. Now Sukkot is really an amazing holiday, not as well known maybe as Passover, um, but it's a very, very beautiful holiday. We leave our homes we go out and live in a temporary home. Now, it's not much of a home. Um, it's going to have four walls that sort of will stand. It doesn't really have much of a roof. Maybe it has uh, bamboo branches on top. Uh, in Detroit, they're very into the evergreens on top. Um, when it gets cold outside, you're going to need a jacket. If you live where my son lives, you might need an air conditioner in there. It gets pretty hot in uh, Miami. And we're in the sukkah this hut for a week. Yes, you can go to work, or you can go out to pray, or you go on trips with the kids, but your meals, and for some people, sleeping will all take place in the sukkah, and we try to hang out there as much as possible. Some people decorate it. Some people don't decorate it. Um, it's, a, it's a holiday, fun, beautiful time, and interesting enough, the Vilna Gone. Then the Gon said, it's the, as a, if you like riddles, it is the only Torah command that my whole body does. As you're thinking about different mitzvot, maybe I visit the sick. So I walk there with my feet, I talk with my mouth, prayers, I talk with my mouth. Um, maybe if I give somebody charity, I had to work with my hands, I, I had gave the money with my hands. Um, there's, there's really no other commands that my whole body is involved. But the sukkah, the sukkah, my whole body is in the building, in this hut. So it's considered that, the, that this is the one command that my whole body is involved. And what becomes fascinating is you can do this beautiful mitzvah and a whole bunch at the same time. right? It doesn't stop me from studying Torah. Right? It doesn't stop me from having guests. It doesn't stop me from making a phone call to see how somebody's doing. So I get to do all these things at the same time in my sukkah. It's very, very beautiful. And, and the holiday is the one holiday that it, the verse specifically says to be happy. You'll be happy during the holiday. So my principal came into the class. Very interesting. He wanted to say... Um, the, the special, there's a lot of commands, but the special commands to be happy. So he said to children, he says, you want to know how you make your parents happy? If you're happy, your parents are happy. Okay, to buy you candy. 
My kid in the car says, oh, I want a fancy car. I said, a fancy car is not making you happy. For 10 minutes, you're happy. But that's true, right? When family is together, it's a very beautiful thing, of course, and everybody is happy. And that's part of the holiday. It's a very happy holiday. We can be so happy because God forgave us for everything, clean slate, starting anew. And the best way, if I have a clean slate and, and, and everything is good to go, well, let's dive right in with mitzvos, with a mitzvah, with a special command. During this four-day period, people are very busy. They're building their sukkah. They're getting their four species, which we'll talk about. They're involved in the holiday. So it's all, all a beautiful way following from Yom Kippur into the sukkah holiday. And this is what we want to talk about today. But of course, before we get into the holiday itself, I'd just like to remind everyone, all my dedicated listeners, I know you love the show, and I know you want me to keep going. So to help the show spread, I need you to go to my homepage and hit the donate button. Leave a name, I give you a shout out, we do a memory of, happy birthday, and in advance, I thank you. So it is interesting that one of the commands for the, what, what are the, the, um, the side, um, I'm going to say mitzvah, mitzvah is the wrong word. Um, one of the interesting things that we talk about, very holy stuff, but in the sukkah, uh, there's something called ushpizen. Ushpizen is a Aramaic word for guests. And the Talmud tells us that we have seven special guests. They come on the Sukkot holiday, one per day. Who are they? Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Aaron, Joseph, right? Jacob's son Joseph, and David. Seven special guests, obviously seven of the greatest special people throughout the Bible. And you're not seeing them. How do they come? In the form of an angel, maybe, in spirit, whatever. But people actually say like a, a prayer, like a, 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 an introduction to say hello to these guests. Now, the idea of guests in the sukkah is really very, very, very beautiful concept. The idea of guests is that a, when we go into the sukkah, we get a, a beautiful lesson, right? My house is not forever. I mean, some of us think we're living forever, but for the most part, everybody knows we're not living forever. 70, 80, 90, by the time we get into 90s, uh, for those of us that are alive in our 90s, most people don't even know what's going on. Yes, I do have actually um, more than a few friends, acquaintances that are in their 90s, they're sharp as tacks, they're wonderful people, but again, and in 10 years from now, they'll be over 100, then what? And so no one lives forever. This world, we are passing through on the train. The goal is to go from this world to the next world, which is permanent. So this world is transient. So when I leave my house and I go into a temporary hut, for lack of a better term, even though mine is, you know, I have these wooden boards that are on my porch and they're pretty much uh, screwed in, so they're not going anywhere, but, uh, you know, it's not permanent. So I'm going into a temporary hut, and by going into a temporary hut, I'm reminding myself, I'm giving myself this lesson 
this world is not forever, right? Don't think that all the money I'm going to make and all the fun I'm going to have, that's you can't have fun. And that's you can't enjoy this world. You should enjoy this world. There's a lot of beautiful things to enjoy. But you got to know what's the main thing and what's the desserts. What's the main and what's secondary, right? Main is that I use this world to gather as many mitzvos, good deeds, Torah as possible. Yes, I have to earn a living. Yes, I have to take care of my family. Yes, I want some enjoyment. But let's make sure that enjoyment is not on the top of the list and we forget to do any of the collecting for, uh, for the next world. So going into the sukkah gives me that reminder. When I leave my permanent house and I go into a temporary abode, that reminds me life is not permanent, which becomes fascinating because when a guest comes to our house, so the guest, yeah, I had, um, I think it was last week, I can't remember if I told you, I was in synagogue, a guy comes over, he looks at me and he says, oh, you know, you look familiar. We're talking for a few minutes, I don't know him, he doesn't know me. So, but I'm asking him, so where are you from? He was from the island, New York, and not Manhattan, Long Island. And uh, he had some business, and something in Michigan State. And I said, oh, so, but when are you leaving? So he says, I'm leaving Sunday. I said, so what are you going to do on Chavez? Well, you know, I don't have a place. I'm working on it. I said, I- I'll-, I'll take care of you. You want to come to my house? No, I need like an Airbnb. I, was, I really had a hotel room, but it's not in this neighborhood. And I see this neighborhood has all the synagogues. And I'm going to be in the wrong neighborhood. I said, so what's the problem? So he said, no, it's, like, it's very complicated. This Shabbos, I can't go to anybody's house. I have to have my own private room, my own private entrance. I said, that I don't have. Like, so I said, I asked the rabbi, maybe he knows. I'm not sure what happened in the end him. I didn't follow up. But when somebody's a guest, so the guest recognizes that I, I, I'm, not, I'm not home. It, it's not permanent. I'm very, I'm very lost. Right? I'm not comfortable, right? And, and a lot of times in our life, we become very, very comfortable, and we forget it's not permanent. But a guest is a very good reminder that life is not permanent, just like the guest doesn't have a permanent place to stay. In life, we think this is permanent. It's not permanent. So there are people that try very hard to have guests over the Sukkot holidays for that very reason that we like this double reminder the guests are important, the sukkah is not permanent, and all together hopefully will give us a good reminder of what's going on. There was a famous story. There was a traveler, and um, he was, in those days, or those days, 100 years ago, 150 years ago, 200 years ago, so many people would leave their little shtetl, travel, traveling salesmen, and they'd make their way back, and sometimes they traveled for months. Right, just to go through different villages, and they'd make a big loop, and they'd try to be home for the holidays. As they, they could travel for months. But sometimes the roads, if they got too muddy, or if there's too much snow, or something happened, they could get stuck and not make it home for the holiday. It was understood. That was a different kind of life, not like we live. So um, one such fellow, he's on his way back, and he realizes he's not going to make it home. So he finds an inn, a Jewish owner, and he says, you know, I'm sorry, I can't make it home for the holidays. Can I stay here? Yes, of course you could stay. And it's uh, the Sukkot holiday, and 
He takes them to synagogue and they pray and they come home and they're talking and schmoozing. And he says, okay, sit here right next to me, but I had a table. And he makes the kiddush and they go wash their hands. And when they all come back for the bread, um, all of a sudden, the, the, the homeowner um, motions this guest to slide down one seat. There was a seat open right next to the homeowner. And the homeowner tells his guest to slide down one seat. There's nobody there. And the, and the guest is like very disturbed. Like, uh, maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I insulted him. I took a shower. Like, what did I do wrong? And the meal goes on. And okay, it's very strange. And the next day, same story. They go to shul and they're schmoozing and they're studying and they come home and he makes the kiddush and, and he's sitting right next to him. And again, after they go wash their hands, he, he motions Tim to move one seat down. And this goes on for the next few days. Okay, the roads clear up. He gets ready to go home. So he says to his host on the way out, the guest says to his host on the way out, he says, you know, you, you were the best host. You were so good to me and you were so kind. You gave me what I needed, so appreciated. But what did I do wrong? He said, you didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> no, no, I must have done something wrong because first you had me sit next to you and then you pushed me down one seat. So the host says, I don't understand. Didn't you see the guest walk in? So the guest says, what guest walk in? You know, the Ushbis and the guests, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You didn't see them walk in? Um, and the guest said, uh, uh, no. Um, so in this story, take it as you like, but... Uh, this host must have been a very holy man that actually the Ushbizin, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, came and actually sat down. Again, it was spiritual. But conceptually, to get this idea of how special the holiday is, that we say these very most special people come to visit us. And I would add that if you knew they were coming to visit, how would you talk around your table, right? It's another thought. We're, we're in a sukkah. And uh, very holy, and it's a mitzvah, and our whole body's in the mitzvah. So what kind of talk should there be around the table? Should it be talk that shows we're doing a mitzvah? Or should we throw mud at the mitzvah and just talk about other people, slander, lush and hara, just talk not nicely about people, make fun of people, right? What's, what's the conversation sound like with these great guests that are walking into your sukkah? Would they be pleased with your conversation? Or would they say, I'd rather not be here? You know, it even happened. That was terrible. Um, somebody spoke um, in my synagogue. They spoke for a few minutes before the prayers. And I wasn't so pleased with what he said. But okay, you keep quiet. But during the break, somebody was so not pleased, he was blasting him. And I don't think the guy was wrong for blasting him. I don't think what he said was the right, uh, was appropriate. At the same time, on Yom Kippur, we're also busy trying to be so nice to each other and so friendly. You know, there's ways to do things. You know, you get uncomfortable when people are fighting. And that's not the kind of attitude we want on a, a Yom Kippur. But it happens. People sometimes lose themselves. They want to fight for what they think is right, which is fine. But... You know, everything has a quest. Okay. 
So we talked a little about sukkah. Um, one more thing about sukkah, and then we're going to get into the four species. So the sukkah, um, when we're sitting in the sukkah, we're supposed to actually remind ourselves how God protected us in the desert. We had those clouds of glory, we had those special clouds that surrounded us, so we, we didn't have the hot sun, we didn't have the rain, we didn't have the heat, we didn't have the cold, beautiful temperature, uh, moderated, that everything was just the most comfortable setting you could imagine. And the elements didn't bother anybody. So those were called the Anani covered those clouds of glory. And we really had three presents that God gave us in the desert. We got the manna, that food that was dropped down every day. We got the bear Miriam. We got the well of water from the stone. And we got these clouds. Now, it is interesting, if you think about it, the only holiday on the Jewish calendar that is actually connected to one of those three gifts are the, is Sukkot, with the clouds of glory with the Ananiah covered. There is no holiday that we say that, okay, I'm doing this mitzvah and I'm remembering that God gave us the mun. Or I'm doing this mitzvah and I'm remembering that God, that God gave me water in the desert. Right? So, there's a, so but we had these three gifts in the desert, why did only one of them uh, sort of uh, merit that we um, that we have a holiday surrounding that gift? So very interesting. If you look at the three gifts, they came differently. The mun, the food, how was we we were surviving on the leftover matzah for the first month? The month is over. The matzah disappears. There's no food. So we go complain to Moses. Uh, you brought us out here to kill us. We're starving to death. We need food. They're busy complaining. So God says, no problem. We're going to send them money every day. Then they travel. They travel twice to different places, but they travel. There's no water. <sighs> dying of thirst. They go to Moses. We can't survive. We're dying of thirst. Okay, we have to give you, um, we have to give you uh, water. So they got that special well. What's interesting is the clouds of glory, we never find that the Jewish people complained, it's so hot, it's so cold, it's raining, it's the sun is beating on my head. Okay, God, so I'll give you clouds. Th- that conversation never takes place in the Torah. Because in truth, we left Egypt and we get to the first location called Sukkot and we bake our dough into matzah. And in that location, God gives us these clouds to take care of us. Yes, when we did the Egel, we did the golden calf, we lost them for a couple months. And then when we started rebuilding the tabernacle, started building it, uh, we got them back, fine. But the fact is, we never complained and therefore received the Ananiah covered. So out of the three gifts, the mana gift we complained first. The water gift, we complained first. But the clouds of glory, the Ananiah covered gift, we never complained. It was just a gift. So it just shows you the value of a gift that comes when you didn't ask for it. Could you please get me for my birthday, whatever. So you might get the person that gift, or the holiday is coming, please get me this gift. So you might get the person the gift, and the person might appreciate it, but that doesn't compare 
to a gift that comes without being asked. A gift out of the blue is the most beautiful. So to recognize that this beautiful gift that God gave us, these clouds to protect us, that deserves a holiday because God gave us a gift without our asking. That gift is beautiful. That gift is priceless. It's beautiful. It's special. Therefore, it is the only one of the three that actually has its own holiday. Okay. As time is ticking, um, the other part of the holiday is we take these four different types of plants. We take the citron, the esrig. We take the palm branch, right, the lulav. We take the adasim, the myrtle branches. And we take that rub is like the willow branches. It's not really from a willow tree because those are jagged edges. It's, uh, I don't remember the English word. It's in the willow family. I have one in my backyard. In any case, um, it is interesting that we, three of them are tied together. The lulav, the tall green palm branch, the myrtle leaves, three, three branches of that, and two branches of the arava, of the willow. Those are tied together. And then the citron, the esrig, is held separately. But when we make the blessing, we bring them all together and we shake them around. And conceptually, we're trying to say that the power of having everyone together, unity, being together, even though we're different, but being together makes us stronger. That's the simplest. But now we're going to try to dive into it with our little bit of time left. The, there are actually four, the, these four species are really four totally different kinds of things. For example, the citron has a good smell and a taste. I'm not suggesting nowadays you eat it. Nowadays, they don't taste so good. But it's probably in that lemon family. So it has taste and it has smell. The palm branch is really from a date tree. So dates have a beautiful taste, but there's really no smell. Those branches have no smell. The myrtle branch, the hadas, has a beautiful smell. They even sometimes put it in flower arrangements because it has a nice, powerful smell. But there's no, there's no fruit there. There are berries sometimes, but... You don't want to eat them. And then you have the willow branch. There's no taste. There's no smell. It's just a green, it's just a green like branch. Now let's re-go over it again. So now each of these represents a different kind of person. Okay, so the the citron, the esrig that has um, taste and smell represents the person that's got everything. He's got the Torah study, he's got the good deeds, he is the righteous person. The lula branch represents, that's taste. That's the guy that has Torah, but he doesn't have so many good deeds yet. The myrtle branch is good smell. So that represents the person with good deeds, but no Torah. And then you have the arava branch, and that represents the person with nothing. So we're telling you, these are four different types of Jews. Some are righteous, some maybe do Torah study, some do good deeds, and some don't do anything. But the Torah wants us to be all together. That unity, we are one. The Jewish people is one nation. It is important that we are all together. And putting everyone together is what the Sukkot holiday is all about. Now let's take it a little deeper. Um, it actually says, God told Abraham, when the Jewish people, when you tie all four of these so that will create, when we're all together, that will create a, a, um, a forgiveness for the Jewish people. 
So Zalman Sretzkin says, very interesting, we only tie three of them together. The esrog is on its own. But we bring it together. So we're saying like this. The, the esrog is the righteous person. He doesn't need everybody else. He's already righteous. We all need the righteous person. So when we all get together, right, even though the righteous person doesn't need us, he's righteous. So he could be separate. But the other three that are tied together and then put together with the esrig, that leads to good for everybody. In other words, again, the righteous person doesn't need me. We need the righteous person. So I want to connect to that righteous person. And the music is playing. I hope you all have an amazing, enjoyable holiday. I hope you enjoyed it short and sweet. Thank you, of course, for the listening. I know I can't do it without you. Thank you to my wonderful production team. We have Cisco in the back. And we're left with some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NM Streamcast. Until next time, don't forget to think about it.